You're listening to the National Health Executive's Finger on the Pulse podcast with me, your host, Matt Roberts, to guide you beyond the headlines with news, views, and insider truths from across the healthcare sector. Today's podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Evo North, uniting leaders from the public and private sector to collaborate, share exciting innovations, and build a stronger northern powerhouse together. So, Welcome back to episode eight of NHE's Finger on the Post podcast. Today, I'm joined by Sarah Rose and Paul Dunn, and we're going to talk about a PP factory of sorts that um, has been set up by Northumbria Healthcare uh, to sort of deal with supply and ensure that staff have the facilities they need. Um, Paul is the Director of Finance at Northumbria Healthcare, while Sarah has a wealth of experience in textile industry, has been instrumental in setting up the uh the hub and building this network of factories that's been it so thank you both for joining me today welcome welcome um and as you may be able to tell just to, um as the point we the joys of technology we have sort of have to had to wangle this but everything seems to be running smoothly um so i think we'll we'll jump straight into it um so i don't know if you could explain maybe a little bit about the uh the pp factory and sort of what it is Yep. Sarah, do you want to lead in? And yeah, so essentially um, the factory was open possibly about a month ago now, I think it is, and with the ultimate goal to produce PPE for Northumbria NHS and we found some premises, we found some staff, we got the plant and machinery that was needed, the resource in terms of raw material, and we opened up and are producing gowns for isolation gowns for the staff. And very soon we'll be producing surgical gowns as well. Perfect. And I suppose the next question is how this idea came about. Um, Obviously, it's a a great initiative and it can really help staff that are there. But um, I don't know if what sort of particularly spurred on the the idea that actually address it ourselves. I think it all it, it emerged and sort of evolved from um, the way the community, the wider community and businesses responded locally um, to to the COVID um, pandemic, and uh, we had a very um, acute need for uh, isolation gowns. We were running short of supply centrally. Um, and at the time, the national system was uh, erratic in terms of deliveries and forecasting ahead. Uh, it was a region-wide um, issue uh, in terms of uh, scarcity of supply. And we took the decision that um, the only way we could really get any certainty was uh, taking the initiative and, uh, and and developing not only the fact that we were, uh, Having Sarah there in place um, has been fantastic because Sarah, with with a network of contacts, has been able to to grow a network of um, firms, companies, etc., to to supplement the 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 the, the, uh, factory run to start the supply, not only us but a a lot of other trusts um, across the northeast in Yorkshire. Yeah, and I think. It's it's probably one of as you mentioned there the role that Sarah's managed to play in bringing this sort of close collaboration between industry and uh, Northumbria Healthcare. I suppose that's been such a key role um, and sort of part of this becoming the success that it's been. Um, how did the trust sort of go about it beginning that engagement? Maybe for others that are interested. 
Uh, well, it was it was it was just that that response from the community and Sarah being part of the local community um, came forward as a volunteer initially, um, and it sort of grew from that. Sarah, the way you want why you were motivated, but um, certainly we've we've benefited immensely from Sarah's expertise, and I think it's it's a shame it wasn't recognised at a national level sooner that. I think I think one of the one of the one of the learnings for us through this is the need to engage that that industry expertise early on in these sort of issue on these sort of issues because um, whilst we we may be able to manage the NHS and and, and care and etc. But, but we don't have the knowledge of the textile industry that that people like Sarah do. So from my point of view, um, I'd actually ironically put my name down as one of the 500,000 other people when Matt Hancock had said that they were looking for um, volunteers for the NHS. Um, But I got a phone call from somebody who was working as a volunteer for Northumbria asking if I knew of any sewing machinists that could do some homework and make gowns from home, essentially. And I I just really offered my services and said, well, I might be able to do better than that, knowing that obviously I've got quite a few contacts in the textile trade. And it grew from there um, very, very quickly, probably in about 48 hours. I met Paul and one of his other colleagues and we decided to look at opening a premises to set up an own factory. And then I reached out to the network of people that I know around the country. So We've got about 25 factories working for us from right down from Staffordshire all the way up to the northeast and across the country. And as Paul's mentioned, we're supplying now other NHS trusts, not just the northeast region, which is fantastic because everybody has got the same need. And Northumbria have been absolutely instrumental in this, you know, their support and the the way that they are innovative and they just want to make this happen and support their staff. It's just been tremendous. Yeah, that, as you sort of say there, I suppose it's now ta- it's taking what was a well-intentioned idea and a great idea in making it a reality. The, yeah. the steps of such as leasing the facility and setting up all of that has shown a real sort of forward thought from the trust and also from yourself and your network as well to engage out of effectively goodness of their heart and yeah. a collective community spirit. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I think that, you know, there's a lot of companies around the UK that have been in the textile industry for many, many years and they've lost out hugely to imported product and their businesses have suffered for sort of 5, 10, 15 years. Some of them have even gone out of business because of it. And some of the suppliers that are dealing with us now have um, opened up their production units. And in fact, we're probably doing more UK production now than they have for a long time. So they've even reached out to people in their areas and there's pockets around the UK that have got textile industry, you know, sort of the Northeast, for example, had some really big manufacturers of textile products and Bradford area, Leicester area have got a big fashion industry down there and they've been able to spread their wings and bring people into work and get back on sewing machines and that you know they're doing it for a fantastic cause now and they really want to be part of this going forward when we um we started asking for volunteers we had a lot of um our current staff who used to work in the textile industry because a lot of factories locally closed etc they um they, they moved into the healthcare sector and i think i think looking forward we really want to breathe uh, new life locally into the into the textile industry and 
Uh, I know Sarah's very passionate about um, apprentice uh, apprenticeships and things like that. Really sort of um, stimulate that locally and across the patch. Uh, and I know that trust share that share that desire as well. So I think this will be a long term arrangement that we'll have um, across at least the northeastern Yorkshire, if not wider. Yeah, and I suppose on that, as the you say, the, the sort of long-term benefit of this is that even once we start coming out of sort of this COVID period and the need for particular gowns maybe lowers, there's still going to always be a need from trusts both locally and nationally for um, sort of textiles, goods, um, for uh, clothing and for the gowns and such. And I suppose there is now potentially that process having started to make more of that domestically and make more of that through these partnerships here within the UK? There's absolutely no reason at all that I can see from the background and even from a cost point of view why the UK can't be self-sufficient in supplying this product. At the moment, we're firefighting supply chain because it's not just the UK, obviously, that want this resource. It's the whole of the world. Um, And supply and cost of raw materials is at a much higher level than it normally is but if we kind of make a decision and commit that we want to do this on an ongoing basis we can start to affect that price and become a lot more competitive in the market to be able to supply within the UK product to our own and you know make it a domestic market and like Paul says it's going to be great for the economy because we can create jobs we can do apprenticeships and, you know, this industry hasn't been on the radar for apprentices for probably eight, 10, maybe it's even 15 years. And there's a lot of skill out there and the skill level is it um, an age bracket that, you know, if we don't do something about it and start training people, we're going to lose that skill. Yeah. And it, it's sort of maybe understanding that close relationship that they, they, all these sectors have. We are sometimes guilty of seeing each sector in little silos. And so, for example, health is often prioritised. But as you say, maybe recently the textiles industry hasn't. Yet they go hand in hand as we see at times like this. And a lot of the issues we've potentially seen, especially early in the COVID period, with shortages in PP and such, have largely come down to maybe that lack of onus on the, the widespread interconnected industries and allowing things to move overseas. We have this facility. We can ensure that we always have the at least the capacity to stockpile on to build up resources in times of need. Exactly. And the other thing, I've just had a meeting this morning with um, one of the surgeons who um, has said that, you know, it's absolutely fantastic what we're doing here. And for them to be involved in the level of actually creating a product that they use and us understanding how they want to use it normally the product is supplied to them in a box out of you know it's picked out of a catalog and they just get it out the stores but they're the they are the customer and what we want to do is work with them and ensure that we can give them something you know these guys have got to wear this ppe three four five plus hours in theater on wards or wherever it may be and it's not ideal it's not always fit for purpose so we're trying to redesign that product so it's really user-friendly for them and for them to involved at this level is going to make a huge difference for them as well definitely we get such a, a much greater scope to have this more sort of bespoke conversation between um trusts and between the staff using these products because different things will work for different sort of trusts areas and even for 
sort of specialisms within yeah. sort of um, hospitals. Today's podcast is brought to you by our sponsor, Evo North, uniting leaders from the public and private sector to collaborate, share exciting innovations, and build a stronger northern powerhouse together. I suppose the 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 next question I'd have for to both of you is from both of your perspectives is say somebody's listening to this elsewhere in the country who've not maybe necessarily had the same sort of movement yet that Northumbria have to set this up. What would you say is the key for them? Is it to engage um, sort of with the community and really understand and see what opportunities there is out there? Uh, definitely, definitely. For, um, and, and we're very happy to to give advice to other organisations as well. Um, pragmatic advice and how they can take um, initiatives like this forward if they want to set them up locally, or we could we could support them across across the network that, that Sarah's developed. Um, I think we certainly personally have learned, learned an awful lot through this um, that you take for granted. But that engagement with the community and the in- industries uh, is vital, I would say. Yeah. I don't know what you you are on that, Sarah. Absolutely, totally and utterly agree with you. And um, I think, you know, we already are engaging with other regions. We're working with um, Bradford and Leeds to set up another hub down there. And that hub will be similar to what we're doing in Northumbria. Um, and they will be able to supply their local hospitals. We're also talking to other regions around the UK to do similar things and helping them really take them hand by hand through what we've done. And, you know, it's not just a matter of opening a factory, sticking a load of sewing machines in and getting somebody to sit at them. There's some product knowledge. There's some standards that we've got to meet. There's testing that has to be done because that's all absolutely vital as well within this and making sure that, yeah, okay, we can produce the product, but we want to be able to be sure that we're producing it to the standard that's needed and have continuity in that as well. Yeah, we, we definitely, as you say, there's we've got to have not just meet those standards, but meet those standards consistently because especially the sort of places these are being used for staff, um, PPE for a reason it is there to protect them Um, and I suppose my my next question for that is that obviously we've seen all of this process come about from initially sort of from a volunteer reaching out to the trust having idea up to this network and now we're reaching out around the country all of that's come from sort of trusts and pockets and people has there maybe has there been much or enough in your opinions um, support from sort of nationally, from sort of central and from government and these national bodies and organisations? Or could they do more? I, I would say is we've been, we've been really supported by the region. So uh, Robert Cannell, who's the, the procurement lead in northeastern Yorkshire, has really supported us and, and, and some of the senior team in our in our region. I think initially um, national support uh, was slow to get off the ground, but we have had national support. And um, I think they recognise the value of the um, the local networks and how they can complement the national action. So, so I think you know I think I think we can coexist and, and and everyone benefit from it. We are really mindful locally about the employment impact post COVID, and and this enables us to pay the community back in a real way in a in a positive way. And you know there'll be other other initiatives that trusts and, and providers will take um, but this is one of the key ones that we want to take in terms of uh, that recognition of the commitment and, and support we've had from the public. 
Definitely. And as sort of as you touched on there, while this sort of project has allowed sort of industry and experts and people from the local community to put their their sort of part in and help towards the efforts to protect staff on the front line, it's allowed the NHS trusts and these organizations that are continuing to go to put back in the local economy as well and sort of help secure, as we mentioned earlier, potential work opportunities and rebuild businesses that are going through a hard time so it's been a sort of a nice give and take from both sides yeah um and i suppose from sort of leading on from that um we we'd mentioned it a little bit um before that this while it it spawned out of covid as a situation this isn't something that will just disappear afterwards um i suppose in, in many ways um is this sort of now a new concept maybe on your minds Paul from the trust that actually maybe we need to look in sort of I suppose outside of the box areas things you don't necessarily think of where we could get real benefit and engagement and partnership from so so yeah I mean we were having a session this afternoon with Sarah and, and a few of the team remotely just to to understand where we take this and 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 how we'll move it on and how we we'll look at other areas where we might develop the offering across uh, across the uh, the region and the patch. So moving on from surgical gowns into other areas where we can sort of strengthen supply, etc. So um, that's that, that's high on our agenda now. Definitely, and I suppose it's been not just um, obviously we've heard a lot about the the collaboration between sort of yourself, um, at the the trust, and obviously Sarah and sort of the industry that side. But I imagine within the trust itself, we've seen a lot of sort of staff and um, people step up and maybe take on roles that they don't necessarily usually do to sort of feed into this. Oh, definitely. I mean, we've seen people do um, extraordinary things through this this last few months. Um, People have been stretched. They're doing different things. We've seen significant changes in the way we provide services, um, which will have a long-lasting impact. So there's been there's been a lot of different um, initiatives taken locally and um, across across trust across all the trusts really because we work together with with other other uh, organisations Newcastle Gateshead etc. And, and people are doing are, are going that extra mile. Yeah, certainly it's sort of for for want of a better way of describing it as much as we can't take away from the horrible aspects that COVID nineteen has presented. It has also given an opportunity for that innovation, that sort of thought to come forward, people to really innovate, to learn new skills, to upskill a workforce in ways we couldn't have imagined before this. That's right. Yeah, yeah, definitely, definitely. Um, and I suppose similarly um, from Sarah, your side, you yourself and obviously the, the people you work with in your network, they're probably getting to see a sort of side with um within healthcare and through the sort of dealings there that isn't necessarily an interaction you usually have that gives everyone sort of a wider more knowledgeable picture on everything absolutely i mean i've got a textile background and whilst in textiles you can pretty lend that experience to any product that's made out of textiles in the past sort of four or five weeks i've been educated and learned a lot about the NHS and the need of what they've got, not just from the COVID point of view, you know, from a lot of aspects. And I mean, I feel really quite privileged to be involved. And like you say, 
it's a horrible situation. But, you know, the lessons that are going to be learned out of this can provide some quite good opportunities going forward to improve where we've been and where we'll go. As, as you say, the, um, the, the learning opportunity and the, the potential that is there and that we've started to see is sort of immeasurable to what we would have maybe been seeing right now if we hadn't had this situation come about. You know, it opened up some doors, I think, to people as well, ones that they never even would have thought that they were, were there before. Because, I mean, exactly this, exactly what we're doing right now, PPE made in the UK. I don't think there was really any at the level of what we're using now being made anywhere in the UK at all. Definitely. It's, um, it's really strengthened not just sort of the community spirit, but also sort of those links and bonds between industries, between companies and built networks that otherwise we, we wouldn't have had a reason to look to. Um, I, I suppose really the next best question to ask is if anyone's listening to this and they either want to learn more from it, want to engage with yourselves, or want to sort of even just hear about how they can work to set up similar in their own areas, where would you direct them? Is there a best way to reach yourselves? I'm quite, I'm quite happy to act as a, as a sort of funnel um if people want to connect with me that's that'd be great um my email address is paul.dunn at nhct.nhs.uk um and i can we can certainly make contact and um and provide advice support and, and possibly uh, an ongoing service brilliant i think we've talked thoroughly about the um the sort of work you're doing the real impact it can have and i really do appreciate both of you taking the time as we can uh, listeners may be able to tell technical sides of things as as seems to be the case right now hasn't necessarily worked as we planned but that hasn't stopped us having this conversation and really getting a key message out of people so i say thank you so much for your time no problem it's been great um and as our listeners probably appreciated this is a key sort of and really interesting topic to hear about how we can domestically and locally improve and help staff protect patients and i think that's sort of from from ourselves especially myself i think we've just got to congratulate and appreciate the the work you've done today's podcast is brought to you by our sponsor evo north uniting leaders from the public and private sector to collaborate share exciting innovations and build a stronger northern powerhouse together Thanks for listening to this episode of NHE's Finger on the Post podcast. Join the conversation on social media or get in touch through the link on our website. To stay up to date with all the latest news and episodes, make sure to subscribe, drop us a rating on whatever streaming service you're using. This has been National Health Executive's Finger on the Post podcast. Thanks for listening and I'll see you next time.